Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Attention, true crime enthusiast, searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deckant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Uh, Today, just a heads up, folks, there's not going to be a lot of strong language, but this is a subject that is uh, very sensitive to a lot of people. Uh, So we're going to navigate it together. Maybe the best way to start is with a question, who does the actual work, right? This is a question that comes up in pretty much any partnership, whether it's professional or romantic, corporate America, your personal life, everything from like grade school projects to decades long marriages inevitably run into this question at one point or another. Who does the actual stuff? And not infrequently in the world of business, companies would 
rather you not know who's doing the actual work powering the products and the services you buy. This tendency can be tragically familiar to all of us listening today in one way or another, but it's reached a new apex in the modern age, um, a dark sort of capitalist sorcery one that is capable of cutting the all-important bottom line in exchange for very real long-term consequences. Today's episode, outsourcing. Here are the facts. Oh, my God. Are we going to get outsourced after this? I don't know. how. Like to, to other podcasters in India or something? Or Somehow I already feel outsourced. But it's more an internal. It's an insourcing. I don't know how to explain it. It's complex. It's it's layered. It's very onion-like. But let's start off by defining some terms. Um, what exactly is outsourcing? Uh, in the context of business, it describes the process of hiring individuals or companies outside of your company to perform tasks or provide services or handle operations or managerial kind of, you know, organizational tasks uh, that were previously done by employees within the company. So pr pr pretty simple, uh, but turns out it's very, very complex in terms of those uh, consequences you were talking about, Ben. Yeah, and it's important to note that this isn't in and of itself a particularly inherently sinister thing. You know, in some ways, it's very, very common. Like, consider your job, stuff like processing payroll or insurance claims. Tons of large companies outsource those tasks to a third party because they specialize in that field, right? We make widgets. We don't do workplace injuries. So let's have a company that specializes in workplace injuries take care of it because one, they're better at it. And two, they're way less likely to mess it up and get us in even more trouble, right? This happens with small companies. Like if we, if, um, the five of us here at Stuff They Don't Want You To Know, if we didn't have a podcast, let's say we started a landscaping company instead. And we, we got kind of big. There are a lot of yards in Atlanta. We got multiple locations, various teams of crews and employees. And we're really good at maintaining yards and outdoor spaces. And for a while, we had like one accountant handling things. Let's uh, be unfair to Paul and say he was our accountant, but we've grown so much that now it's too much work for one person. Even though Paul is the best accountant in town, he's one person. So we get together, we do the math, and we say, hey, we can not only take care of our accounting issue, but we can save money by paying an accounting firm to handle the whole kit and caboodle for us. This isn't going to make a difference to most of our employees. They'll still get the same checks every two weeks, maybe bonuses when times are good, because hopefully we're not an evil landscape company. Well, this it's almost yeah. like you get like a bulk rate kind of, right? If, if you're retaining a firm that only hires accountants rather than hiring a single accountant for your firm or a team, uh, you are essentially benefiting from the fact that this other firm specializes in accounting and only has accountants on their payroll. So you're almost like getting a discount by virtue of the fact that they just have like dozens of accountants on staff rather than you having to pay the salary of one or two or three or four individual accountants to be on your team specifically. Yeah. I'm thinking like, uh, I, I don't have a name for the landscaping company yet, but how about the CPA firm is called discountant. Now, 
No, it sounds like they lose money. Well, um, the, the, the landscaping <laughs> firm can be called Conspiriscapers. There we go. I, LLC. Yes. Yeah, green light it. Uh, so we, it's weird because, you know, you we, we've looked into a lot of research on this and we've seen a lot of, you know, bombastic uh, statements by pundits in, in mainstream media and stuff. And there's there's a lot of good business to be made by excoriating the corporate fat cats of the world. They get a lot of heat. And honestly, in many cases, they deserve it. But in those explorations, people often don't point out that other folks practice outsourcing in our own lives on a microeconomic scale. You might hire your own CPA around tax season. You don't talk to that person every, you know, Tuesday or something, just probably right before April. And uh, then you talk to them again next year. People pay, uh, parents pay daycares or nannies all the time. And it's not because they're bad parents. It's not because they're worried about their family's profit margin. It's because they have to have jobs, you know, and they have to make sure their kids are in a safe place and have an opportunity to learn and have a socially enriched life. That's still kind of outsourcing, is it not? No, it definitely is. Uh, and it's not like this is a new thing. We Right before we recorded, we shared this video from 2009 from The Onion that was making fun of outsourcing tactics like we're talking about right now. And the point of the video was that even individual employees are outsourcing their entire jobs to other countries. And, you know, that's 2009. Go back a little further and then keep going back and then keep going back to the time when lace making was one of the primary things to be done, one of the tasks that needed to be done. It makes me think of the union episode, the unions episodes that we just did. The tactic is as old as beans. I don't know why I like that phrase. I don't know if it's a real phrase. Nobody quote us. But yeah, we talked about cottage industries, not a super creative name. Back in the day, shopkeepers would outsource this really in, uh, work-intensive labor, time-intensive stuff like lace-making, to people who were literally sitting around in their cottages. So outsourcing has existed for a very, very long time. It just didn't have the name. Uh, it's a portmanteau for outside resourcing, and it didn't really enter common usage until 1981. And then it became kind of a mainstream business practice around 1989, you could say, in the U.S., well, I mean, it's like you could say, you know, most uh, manufacturing of the products and uh, goods that we use are outsourced. I mean, there are American companies that we buy things from that outsource all of their manufacturing to countries like China uh, because of the lower cost of labor and, and the, you know, more ready supply of materials and supply chain and all that stuff. So what used to be called a cottage industry referring to like outsourcing a labor intensive service is now kind of more of a stand-in for like a niche kind of bespoke handmade type industry or, or you know, creator, manufacturer. Like if something's a cottage industry, that means it's probably made by a small team by hand in the country uh, where, the where the company is located. Yeah, you know, like uh, local peanut brittle makers, you know. Yeah. Well, it's important to note there that outsourcing doesn't just mean you know, sending labor off to another country. It could be something that's just sending labor outside of your organization, right? Uh, so hiring someone to do something, even if they're in your same state or oh, yeah. in the office building next to you, that's still outsourcing. Yeah. Uh, what we're talking about is interesting. There's a Venn diagram here of two things that are 
closely related, but somewhat distinct. We're t- in modern terms, when most people are talking about outsourcing, they're talking about a specific genre called offshoring. That's where you move some kind of business function to a different country. And that's where corporations make a lot of money. Uh, some outsourcing includes offshoring, but not all. Outsourcing can be entirely domestic. It can be macro and micro. And there are a lot of advantages. If you're a business owner, obviously this makes sense. You can potentially save a ton of money and a ton of headaches as long as you get away with it. I mean, first, you don't have to pay for all the expenses of in-house labor. Things like insurance benefits, vacation time, maybe a 401k, stuff that uh, full-time in-house employees uh, theoretically would expect or would strive for. And then second, you can employ fewer people. No need for that pesky IT department. We have a company that just leases and services all our computers. We signed a four-year deal. If something goes wrong with the printer, just call those guys. I think his name is Chuck. It's not always Chuck, but it's usually Chuck. Like that's very common, you know? Um, Anybody who has an office printer might be familiar with that. And maybe most importantly, you save time. The only real currency of our age. You don't have to spend hours training an employee to do this thing. You don't have to pay a premium to bring someone else's expertise in-house. And maybe, best of all, for really busy um, really busy executives, you don't have to really learn something new yourself. You can just delegate it. But the big money is interested in some big loopholes. The stuff like um, going to a country with a different tax system that's maybe a little more friendly to you. A country that's not as, you know, hot and bothered about some aspects of workers' rights. Or, you know, they say, hey, the environment can take care of itself. We don't need to regulate that. It becomes, like, when you start listing those benefits, it becomes increasingly like a made-for-TV infomercial. But wait, there's more. Because there's always something else that would not fly in the United States that might fly in another country. And, you know, honestly, taxation is a big part. And there are ridiculous, ridiculous, we're going to get into this, a ridiculous number of companies out there that will outsource your work. And it's a crazy competitive market. You can find article after article written by companies or representatives of companies that are extolling these things that Ben is describing, all of the made-for-TV commercials uh, (laughs) for outsourcing, for everything from legal stuff like we were talking about, taxes, IT, uh, even teaching, even teaching, like educational jobs. Uh, It's crazy. But there's like, there's like apps and stuff for this now. You know, we, we've done ads, I think, for uh, ZipRecruiter, which would be, you know, considered, I guess, outsourcing hiring, right? Like you're, or, or like LegalZoom, which is what you were just describing, Matt, like outsourcing legal tasks. And then those things are very functional and make a lot of sense if you are a small company. But when you start seeing larger companies doing this stuff at, at, at scale, you know, to use a, a douchey kind of business buzzword, um, that is when it starts being problematic because I've seen things like, for example, um, 
outsourcing of graphic design, uh, say, like for a big company uh, using some of these kind of like outsourcing graphic design uh, sites and services that essentially go for the lowest bidder um, in other countries where you know wages are much, much lower in order to get a logo design or something like that, something that maybe could go to an independent freelance graphic designer or small, you know, independently owned graphic design firm in America. And again, I'm not saying that these other, you know, uh, workers, these other freelancers in other countries shouldn't be getting work, but it's kind of for like a weird, slightly sketchy reason, you know, like uh, at what point is, are you saving money at the uh, detriment of your own country's um, economy? Yeah, this, uh, I'm glad you mentioned uh, two things, guys. First, that uh, 2009 Onion article, we'll get back to that in a second. Uh, And then or we'll get back to that later in this episode. And then secondly, uh, corporate buzz terms, because since I have a, a, an absolute iron grasp on priorities, uh, I stayed up la- late last night doing research, and then I, I stopped and just wrote out fake fake buzzwords, because you hear so many, especially on the pro-outsourcing side. You know, I was thinking about specific forms of outsourcing, how you make them sound more customer-friendly, like trout sourcing, pout sourcing, you know what I mean? Route sourcing. That's the Waze app. Yeah, cloud sourcing was one of the first ones, because I had to talk with someone in LA today. But spoiler, not everyone loves outsourcing. Not Not everyone sees it in this kind of idealistic Thomas Friedman-esque way. Uh, And when we ask why they don't like it, we note that a lot of the critics dislike it for the same reasons a lot of business owners and shareholders love it. And these critics, by the way, are from all areas of the political spectrum, and they don't all agree about why they think outsourcing is bad. Uh, In their view, though, you could say that they would generally argue outsourcing is not just an at times ruthless move to increase revenue. It's a dangerous tactic with consequences far beyond quarterly profits. And in some cases, they argue it's a conspiracy. What do we mean when we say that? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsors. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Here's where it gets crazy. All right. As Van Morrison once said, cast your memory back there. Uh, but we're not going back to uh, the Brown Eyed Girl song. We're going back to the 1990s, which was an uncomfortably long time ago now. <laughs> and uh, what, what would that be? 30, 30 years ago. Oh, it's, you know, the, the math that makes you really feel old or really feel the passage of time when you say, like, we're as far away from the 1990s as the 1990s was from the 1950s or something like yeah. that. Yeah. No, oh, maybe not 50s, but 60s anyway. 60s, yeah. But there was something really weird happening. There was a sea change. And, and I think the ocean is a good parallel for what we're going to explore today. There was a sea change in the world of U.S. business, a massive migration of manufacturing jobs. You know, all those like those solid gigs that people once had in the trades manufacturing, you know, you didn't have to go to college for four years. You could get out of high school or get out of military service, and then you could make a pretty good living doing what people would sometimes call blue collar work, right? And you could send your kids to college. You could maybe go to college if you wanted to, but why would you when you had a solid job just waiting for you? The thing was, these jobs were no longer solid. They were relocating to developing countries because of those lower wage standards, because of little to no safety standards, environmental regulations, all these other factors, each of which dramatically lowers production costs for these companies. And to be fair, you know, the people on the other side, the people in the countries that are practicing what we would call insourcing, I know these buzzwords, uh, the insourcing employees we're just regular people too. They are just regular people. 
And in some cases, in many cases, you could say this was good for those prospective employees. They weren't making as much as they would, uh, you know, were they doing the same job in the U.S., which is pretty much the whole point for the corporations. But they would have a solid, hopefully sustainable job in theory, because sometimes these situations were disastrous. And when we talk about disaster, we got to talk about all these really disturbing short and long-term consequences. I think the first few are obvious, but it, it gets muddy really quickly. So firstly, um, and I think most obviously, unless people working at the original location move with the job, accepting those lower wages and those standards, they're going to become unemployed and, and forced to find another, hopefully, uh, comparable job somewhere else. So that's the obvious short-term consequence for the people that are directly involved. Um, and this makes me think of like, I don't know, we have labor standards in America. We have health and safety standards in America. But the, co the companies don't really put their money where their mouth is. They're basically saying, like, wouldn't it be better if we were back at the beginning of the Industrial Revolution when, you know, we could just, like, have children working in coal mines and stuff? Wouldn't that be great? So how about instead of, like, paying, you know, American workers a fair wage under these safe uh, situations, let's just go to countries that more resemble that situation. That'd be cool. Uh, so, so it really isn't about people at all. Nobody really cares about people getting injured or being in unsafe situations or being exploited. They're, they're just, it's another loophole they have to figure out a way to deal with. I would say they think about people. It's just tier seven on the list of priorities. <laughs> right. Well, people, they think of people as capital. They think of people as like a means to an end, but not as like identities with families, you know, and, and, and mortgages. That's just not part of the equation. And you could argue that's by design. Why should it well, be part of the equation? I, I, I picture the corporate boardroom and they're wrapping up the end of the meeting. They've gone through the six big benefits, right, about relocating uh, their business to a developing country. And then number seven, as people are like shuffling their papers and, uh, you know, checking their phones, number seven is also uh, some of these new employees um, are probably not going to die. And then someone goes, oh, that's nice. All right. Hey, anybody want to get Chipotle? <laughs> There's an app for that. Uh, I want to give you guys a quick quote from an article titled Five Indicators That You Need to Outsource, written by Derek Gallimore, who is apparently a Forbes Council's member. Uh, he says, this is a quote from an article he has written that says, you know, this is why you need to outsource as a company. It says, quote, your employees are still humans. They have a tendency to get overworked on certain projects. A 2019 Asana study or Asana study stated that more than 80% of workers feel burned out at work, which could pose a problem for your company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's let That's them the get to frame. just the edge of burning out. And then that extra 10% push over the cliff will outsource that bit. See yeah. that? Which was the yeah. original definition of edgy. Yeah, uh, oh, so, no doubt. I, I, I gotta say, I gotta say one tiny little quote. Yeah. And then we'll, it's just like it always. When we're talking about corporations and the way they view people, I always think of this incredible Mister Show sketch where there's a CEO and a board. Yes. Goes, I've we've been in the people business since you were in short pants. My grandfather started this company with one rickety slave ship and a motto. <laughs> People, people selling, people, selling people, to people to people. 
That is, I kid you not, my favorite line in the entire Mr. Show. It's incredible. I quote it all the time. It's so appropriate. And that guy is actually in the new season of Better Call Saul. He's the fake, uh, the fake judge. I forget the actor's name, but um, I, I love all seeing all the Mr. Show folks pop up in, in Saul here and True. there. True story. Many years ago, I emailed HBO to ask who specifically wrote that sketch. Uh, because I wanted to find out. I didn't I didn't hear back, but HBO is a, a big company. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about media companies in another episode. The, here's the thing, though. So we know the obvious stuff, right? This can be a really terrible situation for the employees who don't have the wherewithal or the opportunity to move to this factory the, that's relocating or whatever. But... Outsourcing doesn't just affect one company in an industry. It is contagious. It creates what I would describe as a feedback loop. So let's say there's a hypothetical company that makes, uh, looking at my notes here, Farfagluggers. In parentheses, I put whatever. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I was clearly just making that up. So whatever you think of when you think Farfig Luger, I hope that's a made-up word. Anyway, they, they outsource. They lower their prices. They're still upping their profits at the same time. All the executives are getting bonuses. Shareholders are getting dividends. And let's say these executives aren't entirely crooked. So they take part of their profits and they reinvest it in the business getting more infrastructure, research into new, improved Farfig Luger 2.0s or whatever. All the other companies in the Farfig Luger industry notice this and they need to stay competitive. So it won't take too long for company B to start outsourcing and then other companies do it and it creates a feedback loop. It's normalized. It's the thing you have to do to stay alive in the cutthroat industry of the Farfig Lugers. It's a direct callback to our CEO pay episode where it was just a, a trend that began and it continued increasing and everybody had to join in or fall behind. Yeah. And then that's that's where we see the rise of uh, a few manufacturers who go a different route and they'll say, you know, the fact that we have an outsource insert product here is a selling point for us. So we're going to make sure that all our Farfig Lugers are stamped made in the USA and we'll appeal to people's patriotism. So, you know, another example of outsourcing in media is animation. That's been happening for oh, a absolutely. long time. Like, uh, yeah. you know, the uh, Simpsons animating team that's actually based in America will draw the keyframes and then they'll ship it out to Korea to have it, you know, fully animated for, for much less money. Um, I would argue that's maybe a slightly less gross version of it because they're really good at animating in, in Korea, you know, and in, in Japan. It's like it's just a thing. Uh, but also it gets the job done quicker and they're able to, you know, hire higher paid, you know, writers and, and key animators in, in the, uh, the U S team, instead of having to have a whole like stable of like, you know, kind of more workman like animators. So I, I don't know. Do you, do you think, does that, is that better or worse? Or am I just like giving them a pass because I like cartoons? Like, uh, uh where, where do you I, think that falls I struggle with that myself, uh, North Korean animation in particular is amazing. It's fantastic. Um, there are a lot of really talented animators, but they're, you know, we have to understand the multiple perspectives at play because the people who are getting these jobs are glad to be getting work. But um, you have to ask if they are being treated fairly. And in many cases, 
whether we're talking animation or farfig lugers or semiconductors uh, or iPhones, they're not being treated fairly. So like, let's go back, let's go back to the US to our hapless former employee. They worked for company A making farfig lugers, company A moved all their operations overseas. And they say, well, I'm great at making these things. I've done this job for years, decades, potentially. Any competitor in a normal environment would love to hire me. Problem is, because outsourcing is contagious in an industry, every single other company making this stuff has also outsourced production. So now, for this person, it doesn't matter how good they are at their job, because their job, in a very real way, no longer exists in their country. And, and like, yes, of course, our, our fictional uh, product here, uh, writing fake commercials, none of them are going to make it in. Uh, th this is a made-up thing, but the process is real, and it has real consequences. Uh, the Economic Policy Institute found that American corporations alone outsourced more than 5 million jobs and 91,000 plants from 1998 to last year, 2021. Well, I'm, I'm really thinking now back, given that, to the animator example that we got for The Simpsons. We talked about, I guess it was like lower level hires, animators who would be doing the busy work. It's not busy work, it's art, but it's creating the actual animations between the keyframes, right? In order for someone to become a keyframe animator, to me it seems like you would need to have years of training being that lower level animator just to understand the process to understand how it all flows and to gain those skills right well that's and like the old school journeyman or apprentice kind of programs yes, that maybe are less a thing these days and so if you if you're outsourcing that position from your company that lower level position where somebody needs to have that knowledge to be a higher level position it feels like outsourcing it it you're going to lose your next batch of potential keyframe artists at your company at least if you're growing from within that's a very uh, astute observation i think it's a, a a pipeline issue and then the whole point here is is ben what you've got in the outline if you outsource like that you're not just losing a particular job or a particular product you are outsourcing the critical knowledge and skills and tools that you would need to further along whatever process it is that uh, that you have going at your company, whatever product you're making. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And this, this is potentially very, very good for the insourcing industry. And this is part of where things get muddy. So this new manufacturing base starts to build its own supply chain. That's, that's the ideal passage, right? Why would you continue importing lumber from the U.S. if your uh, manufacturing base is now relocated to the somewhere in the Pacific Rim? You're going to find a closer, more affordable source of timber. So this new supply chain begins to form. And then research on whatever you're making tends to move to that new country as well, because that's where things are happening, right? People want to be where the things are happening. And over time, this new manufacturing concern becomes its own thing from stem to stern, and it can spin off into a new entity for legal and tax purposes, uh, and also to remove accountability on the part of the U.S.-based company in this example. The shareholders still get their cut. The U.S. employees and all their support industries they get cut out. And eventually, 
and some critics argue inevitably, that U.S.-based company ends up building something that later becomes its own competitor. So if, you are, if you're very, very pro-outsourcing and you think it's unfairly dumped on, uh, just know that the consequences aren't just for people, the normal people on either side of the equation. These businesses build their own enemies sometimes, and quite by accident, uh, quite by um, a myopic focus on the short term. And while we're doing that, just going to throw this in here. We can talk about it later in the episode. Outsourcing uh, does also not infrequently lead to forced labor. That's right, fellow conspiracy realist, outsourcing does lead to slavery. But we're talking hypothetically, you know, landscaping companies, whatever a farfagluger is. Let's look at some real-world examples. Uh, this, this came to us from Michael Collins over at Industry Week, uh, and he started to name some of the biggest U.S. companies that have outsourced. He says, the biggest outsourcers of American manufacturing jobs include General Electric, Caterpillar, Microsoft, Chevron, United Technologies, General Motors, Ford, Georgia Pacific, Harley-Davidson, Kimberly-Clark, Briggs & Stratton, Honeywell, Merck, IBM, Pfizer, and Boeing. Good gracious. That's like all of them. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, not, not certainly not all of them, but again, you know, it's like you pay a premium for things that are not outsourced. So even if they're not outsourcing, they're passing on that cost to you, the consumer, a lot of the time as well. Mm-hmm. And Collins did something really interesting. He was able to trace declines in no less than 38 different manufacturing industries. He started in 2002 and he said, let's pick these 38 things and see, you know, how they're doing. And what he found was, first, there were things you would recognize, um, industries that are known to have outsourced extensively, like furniture, right, cutlery, stuff like that. So he said, okay, that makes sense. They're outsourcing. But then he found these other industries that were indirectly affected by outsourcing, mainly things that are like mainly industries that are fundamental to making other products. So industries that help make things that people actually buy. We're talking machine tools, tool and die, forging, foundries, semiconductors, you know, like you're, you're probably not going to go buy your own tool and die kit on a regular basis. It's not a normal thing in every American household, but it's the factory industry. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, Collins had, he Collins spent some time talking about semiconductors. He said that in his own state in Oregon, Intel is the largest corporate employer. And they said they might outsource their advanced chip production to their biggest competitor company called TSMC in Taiwan, U uh, S chip, producers account for half of the microchip designs in the world, but only 12% of the manufacturing. And that's because almost all of them have already outsourced their production. Collins closes by saying Intel is the only U.S.-based manufacturer of microprocessors. Also, semiconductors in Taiwan, it's uh, playing a big role in uh, Taiwan-Chinese-U.S. tension right now. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, and he goes on to state something here. I'm going to read a bit of a quote. Uh, 
He states, in an open letter to President Biden, Bob Swan, the CEO of Intel, asked Biden to pursue a manufacturing strategy for the semiconductor industry, which, according to the Boston Consulting Group, needs $50 billion in investment to survive. Uh, okay. Uh, whoa. So one might ask, he continues, how did we get to this point in the semiconductor industry where the industry needs a bailout? And how many more outsourced industries will need the same? Mm. And again, it's a long tail consequence. So at this point, you might be saying, that's fine. I, you know, I'm aware of the problem, guys. I'm aware of the, the dangers. I'm aware how complex this is. That's why I buy local. That's why I go to a farmer's market. You know, that's why I uh, shop at a local craft fairs. That's, uh, that's why if I buy something in a store, I make sure it says made in the USA. But what does that actually mean? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up... So does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. 
Attention, true crime enthusiasts searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night. Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Okay, this is this might sound weird to people who are who have not lived in the US or haven't spent much time here. You when you go into a store, you're pretty likely to see at least a few products that have a stamp on them or it might be sewn into it if it's a shirt or something and says made in the USA for people who are opponents of outsourcing or concerned about it. This makes you feel good. It's kind of warm and fuzzy. You know, I'm paying a little premium. Sure. But I am somehow, however, indirectly supporting other people in the U S and I'm supporting wage and labor standards. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen would be proud. Bruce Springsteen would be so stoked right now. I wish he was in this TJ Maxx with me. But that's unfortunately not always the case. There's a story behind those labels. Uh, And this is a story that made international news a number of years ago, but it, it doesn't get brought up too often now. It's the case of the Northern Marianas. So this involves political corruption. Uh, part of it, it got a lot of press due to the Jack Abramoff lobbying scandal. Just to let you know where we are in time. There were these recruiters who would go to different areas of China, the Philippines, and Bangladesh, and then they would lure guest workers by saying, hey, come, you know, we've got a job opportunity for you in the United States. We will take care of all the legal stuff, all the immigration stuff. Don't worry about it. And they, these folks would agree. It sounded like a good deal. It sounded like a good faith offer, which very much was not. They were not taken to the mainland United States. They were taken to the Northern Marianas. Uh, and there, they were essentially forced into sweatshop labor. You can hear um, a great but short interview on NPR with some human rights activists and some former employees of this scam. But because of political corruption in the U.S. and in this island region, in many cases, these folks were working as little more than enslaved people, like barbed wire preventing you from leaving the factory, Uh, impossible to meet quotas. You're already kind of uh, a wage slave because they charge you $5,000 to go. And then then you got to pay it back. You got to work. Essentially, it's indentured servitude because you're working to pay that back. And sometimes don't they confiscate your visa and passport and things like that? Well, also, it gets worse than that. They also, um, for, for, women working there, uh, they would sometimes be forced into sex work. Allegedly, that's what some of the survivors said, uh, were forced to work in clubs at night. But since the Marianas, you see, became a U.S. Commonwealth in 1976, these companies stamped Made in the USA on all their sweatshop slash slave labor made products, clothing and so on. 
And this loophole allowed them to get around import quotas and duties, you name it. Business was great. Uh, human misery, however, at on the island was at an all-time high. This is a little different, but I heard a piece on NPR the other day from a guy who was a very top-level guy at Adidas, and he was really sick of all the, like, fashion uh, waste. Like, like, there's a lot of, like, you know, um, plastics. Throw away, for throw away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he wanted to start a company that, like, you know, was 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 trendy and fashionable, but used entirely plant-based materials. Uh, and he pointed out something that I thought was interesting and I didn't know that is very similar to what you're talking about in terms of the, the claim made in the USA, the claim of 100% cotton. Uh, that is also largely BS. Uh, and it is it has to do more with legal um, designations for duties and, and import and export taxes than it does the actual reality of the garment. Um, because I think as long as like the base part of it is made of cotton, any of the little rings or the edges around the necks and the sleeves and all that stuff uh, can be made of, you know, God knows what um, rayon or like, you know, a polyester rather that's like got the, the plastic stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Your Honor, we by 100% cotton do not imply that the entirety of the garment in question is cotton. However, the cotton that is within this garment, we argue, is 100% cotton. Mm-hmm. And 100% of it was, in fact, picked by slaves. Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, you know, of wage slaves at the very least. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, like, we're not that far removed. I'm you know, telling when you, you, when you I'm get into the you. prison stuff and like all of this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, it just makes you realize how uh, toothless so many of these laws are and how easy it is for these giant corporations to circumvent all this stuff and just do whatever they want, just like it used to be. But it just it can't happen exactly on American soil. But they still sanction the same horrendous practices that have been, you know, happening for, for you know, generations. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Made in the USA doesn't always mean what it appears to mean. And that, like the crooked laws, is very much a conspiracy and it's very much by design. Uh, really quickly, I want to give one more example of a, a larger example like this before we jump to call centers, because uh, I think that's one of the main things that at least I think about when I think about outsour- outsourced jobs and how I interact with jobs that I know for sure are being outsourced. Uh, there's a video from Vice News that was released in 2019. And it is, it's titled America's newest outsourced job, public school teachers. So just really quickly, guys, this is speaking of this weird relationship that you have with some third party company that is going to get you a job somewhere else or, you know, from somewhere else. And then you having to pay that company for the privilege of getting that job. And then it can potentially become a situation where you're just having to pay that company back over and over and over again to to work off whatever debt you have. There's a company called Trades and Professions Incorporated that does something really potentially helpful. They acquire J-1 visas, which are these specific visas that are meant to be given uh, to educators to come over from another country to the United States to fill a teaching position that's vacant within the U.S. And this company, Trades and Professions Incorporated, specifically gets teachers to come over uh, from the Philippines. And a teaching job in the Philippines, in one example they give in that video, is around $4,000 a year, at least a starting teaching position. And they're then offered a position in the United States for $54,000 a year. And the the huge difference in there means that there's a high demand 
for teachers in the Philippines to come over to the U.S. and teach. But the thing is, in order to get that job, you have to pay trades and professions. I think it's around $12,000 U.S. just to get the visa and the job position, uh, which means then if you're only making 4000 a year and you've got all your expenses, you're paying that debt off for a long time until, I guess, the first money comes in, at least from the uh, teaching position in the U.S. And they'll make a deal with you because they want you. Right. So they'll mm-hmm. let you go into debt. It's part of it's part of the game. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned call centers, too. So this is these are multiple industries. I'm sure um, all of us listening today will have our own examples and maybe personal experience with these. But for many people who say, you know, I'm, I'm not really thinking about things on a global scale. I got my own stuff going on here. Uh, your experience with call centers might be your most direct experience with outsourcing because products are not the only things outsourced. Skills, services, those are outsourced as well. Many, many people have called a company to find that their phone service has been outsourced to another country. And in a lot of tragic cases, those people calling also outsource their racism to the absolutely innocent people on the other end of the line. There was this uh, study in 2017 that went across uh, several call centers in India for two years, and they found that it was known and normalized and to a degree expected uh, by these workers that they would be targeted with racial abuse from callers in the U.S. in particular. And that's another wrinkle in the corporate conspiracy of outsourcing, because some opponents of outsourcing cross the line from supporting the U.S. economy or worrying about long, long-term erosion of the country And they start becoming pretty stridently racist in their rhetoric. And so they conjure up these completely untrue caricatures of these, you know, scheming villains on foreign shores out to ruin the country instead of, you know, just being people like almost everyone else across the planet. People who just need a job, you know, and you have to remember the villains, the people that you are actually mad at are never the people who answer the phone when you call those companies. You you know, there are a few companies that I'm totally on the record uh, having no respect for, but I, I know that the folks at the call centers don't get consulted about these positions uh, that these companies take. So just exercise some empathy, be nice to them. You know, they're, they're doing their best just as you are. And they have been hired by the people you're actually mad at to be sort of a scrimmage line, a buffer between uh, you and them. Don't forget that. Now, that's even that's if you even get a person, right? Because, I mean, how many menus do you have to navigate and, like, automated voice responses, you know, telling the computer what you actually are calling for before you finally just hit zero enough times that they give you a person? They don't want to give you a person. That's, that, that, those, that's a premium. They want your problem to be solved by... Uh, bots, you know, artificial intelligence to some degree. I mean, you could argue that it's not particularly intelligent artificial intelligence. Uh, a lot of these systems are pretty antiquated. But with the advent of, like, voice recognition and, like, you know, being able to feed input into the phone and have it kind of understand generally what you want and give you some sort of solution, 
That's definitely somewhat next level, but still pretty clunky. But that's going to improve because it's in the best interest of these companies to improve that technology, which means they're going to need fewer and fewer of those outsourced uh, jobs because outsourcing to robots and artificial intelligence and computer systems and neural nets makes a whole lot more sense and is much more scalable and doesn't require any of that human capital. Until you need installation. Right, right. Uh, well, there's something that I think we need to mention. I've, I've mentioned this in previous episodes, uh, and it always seems to need more visibility. There's another advantage to those uh, voice systems, which is that it creates another revenue stream, a revenue stream in which you do not uh, take a cut, but it uses your audio patterns, right? Those can be sold. Those can be uh, monetized. So be very aware of that. That is why I have made the decision to do my utmost due diligence, avoiding those voice recognition things. And it really, you know, it doesn't even matter for me. We like, I, I, I host multiple podcasts. You know what I mean? My voice is out there. It's not, that, that ship has sailed. For all three of us here, uh, Ben, but I, I hate to break this to you, but you have a an AI version of your voice now. It exists. Oh yeah, is it yeah. breaking? The recognition news? stuff doesn't matter. Right. No, right? No, that no, ship has sailed. Um, but I also, I got to say, I don't feel as as guilty being grumpy with an AI uh, as as you might with you know an outsourced human. Um, so I, I make it a habit every time I, I do respond to one of these systems, I do it in the grumpiest voice possible and just sound completely, you know, and it's real. I'm not putting it on. I'm just kind of like, no, <laughs> yes, I'll do an accent sometimes. Can I get a person, please? For the love of God, I'll, I could wow. be a person. I'll see what slang I get for. There's a couple companies that require, quote unquote, require a verbal yes or something to to end a call or pull an action and i always try to see what i can get away with like how much slang for yes does this algorithm or this software know so you know affirmative or green light buddy mm-hmm. <laughs> for real for real no cap on god <laughs> right 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 and uh uh let's see oh go nuts does not work for some reason, it's like, would you like to continue with this payment? Yeah, go nuts. What about, let's do it. <laughs> that would, that would probably work. <laughs> oh, I hate that one so much, Matt. Do you have any idea how my blood boils anytime I see somebody bragging about a thing on the internet, followed by, let's go. We're so cool. Let's do the thing. I just hate it. I don't know why. It just, it's just so douchey to me. I can't uh, stand I, it. Uh, for a long time, I probably mentioned this before, but for a long time, I didn't know what FTW meant. I thought I it means for the win. I thought it meant, and beat me here, Paul, I thought it meant f*** the world. And so I would see these people saying these really happy, nice things like, oh, look who just got, uh, you know, her PhD, woo, class of 2020, FTW. And I'm like, wow, that's what is your degree in? And uh, stuff like people would say like, all right, you know, it's, um, it's little hammies first day of second grade or something. Big things ahead. FTW. And I was like, do you hate your child? What's is hammy short for Hamfred? Or, or uh, Hamish might be one. Hamish should um, be good. I love the name Hamish. Yeah. Uh, any, but, but yeah, so internet acronyms and, uh, Slang for yes aside, 
Tell us your favorite ridiculous thing to say to an automated line. That's true. That's the future of what we consider outsourcing. The next wave of outsourcing is going to involve fewer and fewer people. Jobs won't be going to workers in other countries, as we said. They'll be going to automated systems. Uh, But Matt, you raised a great point. There are some industries that are much more difficult to outsource for any number of reasons. And one of those big reasons is the physical requirements of work. So I was thinking of a good example. I hope this makes sense. You can buy any number of pipes and fittings made almost anywhere on the planet, but you need a plumber to physically be there to install a plumbing system for now at least. Well, but you've got those like Boston Dynamic robots, you know, that are like approaching the ability to be like tech bots that could come in and install your modem and drill the holes and run the thing. It requires camera, you know, recognition and like things maybe aren't quite there yet. But do you really think that these companies that we're talking about are going to hesitate one iota once the technology is there? I mean, we already see the groundwork being laid for this, like in terms of like self-checkout kiosks at grocery stores and, you know, these jobs that are just eventually going to disappear. But what happened to those people? The, where do they go? Like, what, like this is not a very thought out, like humane, uh, big picture outlook. Eventually, it's just going to lead to like more homelessness. And then what, what's, what's next? What, what dystopia follows? We just execute these people like, who don't, who are unemployable? I call this, yeah, there's, I I call, I like to call this discrepancy the post-work economy versus the post-worker economy. So where, yes, there is a possibility for some sort of utopian Star Trek post-scarcity world where people don't have to have a job due to the grind of the strange ideology of capitalism. But between now and between that future era, there is another very dangerous era, which is going to be the post-worker economy, being a world in which humans still live, billions of them, and they still need the same basic things, yet they do not have the opportunity to earn those things, leading to stuff like neo-feudalism, the rise of a new global peasant class. That's why it's important to think, like going back to the ocean analogy, it's important to think of outsourcing as a wave because it affects the destination countries as well. Let me break down the system real quick. So new opportunities, right? Your country's insourced some stuff. You're, you're, um, you live in China in the mid-1990s, right? There's a new factory opening up. You can get a new job. It's one of the highest paying jobs you've ever had. This creates a growing economy, which leads uh, often to a growing middle class, which leads to pushes, collective pushes for more rights, higher wages, things like that, all of which leads that original company that outsourced in the first place to pick up their toys and go to a different country because now that other country is cheaper, which just starts the process over and over again. It's a feedback loop. It's a tidal system. Yeah, there's only so much landmass on this planet to be able to do that for a limited amount of time. (laughs) Don't ever say that about capitalism. It's continued growth. Nobody think well, too far ahead. <laughs> once the moon colonies are making all the Earth stuff. <laughs> we'll just continue to outsource. Can I, can I just add, though, like, that this robotic outsourcing isn't just limited to, like, 
entry level or low wage jobs. I mean, we jokingly mentioned the whole AI representation of our voices that we did as part of this pilot program to, you know, there's there's reasons to do it to like geo target advertisements and things so we don't actually have to do it every time or do a read for each one. But given advancement, further advancement of that kind of technology, could you replace any personality, whether it be a talking head on television using deep fake technology like that, um, that uh, I believe, was it North Korean or a Japanese politician? Did, we did a whole episode about this. Yeah, exactly. But I'm saying like, there's a world where you don't, the, the idea, like, oh, no, we, we say, oh, we're safe because we have personalities or, oh, artists are safe because an AI could never generate the same kind of, you know, in, inspirational material that like a human mind could. But given enough time, A, are people going to care? And B, will the technology be such that it's almost indistinguishable from the output of a quote unquote creative mind or an artist? Right. Like a Turing test threshold. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I know the phrase artificial intelligence is far from perfect. You know, what we're aiming for is like a consciousness, whether regardless of its origins. Uh, but Right now, those algorithms and that software, they are replacing very, like, um, rarefied cognitive work, you know, from the edges of math to weapon design. In an earlier Strange News segment uh, a while back, uh, I believe we talked about a... Um, some software that had already made improvements to some weaponry, I believe in China as well. So it's on the way. That's that's what you need to know. Like the the car has already careened off the road. We're heading for the tree. You just have to decide what you're gonna do when when the car hits the tree. And and the the main thing to remember is again, not everybody thinks it's bad. Proponents of free market ideology say that yeah, this practice is imperfect, but ultimately it is a net benefit. Ultimately, is a greater good for everybody involved. And while that's possible. It's also not always the case. And to pretend otherwise is willfully, purposely misleading, often for short-term profits, by the way. So yeah, we have to remember, at least here in our little corner of the world, in the U.S., outsourcing is only going to continue. And the people on either side of the equation, the non-shareholders, I mean, they're not the villains here. Not at all. They are the grass on the battlefield. And as the old saying goes, when elephants wage war, it's the grass that suffers. And in many cases, that's something those companies don't want you to know. Ben, Noel, I figured out the real villain of this story. Oh, boy. Is it are we the baddies? It's yeah, it's talent sourcing. No, it's globalization. I don't think companies were ever, should have ever been able to grow as large as they have. I don't think you were supposed to be able to uh, ship your goods from across, you know, across the Pacific to then manufacture them in a different country, then ship those pieced together parts back to your country, then assemble them, then ship them back as finalized products across the Pacific to the country that put them together. Not to mention all the added pollution uh, that all of that transit adds to the equation, you know, shipping things back and forth and back and forth across the ocean. I mean, think about those uh, consequences and, and long-term I think we're in the wrong issues. timeline. 
Yeah, what were you, I, oh, is that, that one okay, I was waiting that to, wasn't, to see, yeah, what, what were you going to say that, the wrong timeline? That wasn't line? supposed to happen, that wasn't supposed oh. to happen, that was supposed to be something that we all collectively realized, oh, that's wasteful, that doesn't make sense, why would we do that? We don't have to have one company that sells all of the hamburgers to every country. You don't but, like hamburger, <laughs> hamburgo? <laughs> Wow. I'm just saying hamburgers are great, but you could sell them, you know, a company that's on that side of the Pacific sells those hamburgers and they're awesome and they do a great job. It's so probably a worse timeline though, too, you know, where it's like what I'm hearing Matt, is that you hate fun. <laughs> just saying, do you like parties? I, uh, how about lemonade? <laughs> do, you, do you like uh, chocolate and, and, and pie? I'm being somewhat facetious, but I do. It does feel like there's a root to the problem and it's just that certain companies needed to continue growing in order to sustain themselves. Right. right. Like they had to continue growing. It's the whole Ian so, Malcolm. We, 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 we you know, knew that we could, but didn't stop to think if we should, you know, um, because we, we're not in the, we're not in the long-term consequences game here in America. It's I not really a thing people do. The species. Of humanity, yeah, fair, fair, He's not completely super fair. good at it. But yeah, no, I, I I agree with you guys completely. I mean, you have to ask yourself how weird. I always like to think of it this way: when some when you're trying to figure out if something is a net good or positive, or you know, when you're trying to suss out complex issues, it's really helpful to say, okay, two hundred, five hundred years from now, if humans are around some version will be, uh, what will those future historians think? How will they describe what I'm talking about or what I'm thinking about? And in the case of uh, future historians thinking of multinational corporations, private for-profit entities, they'll point out that it's pretty weird for something to exist that's so large and has so few actual responsibilities, right? Imagine being an entity so powerful that if you don't like the laws of one country, you can either go to one of the other countries you have a presence in, or you can just try hard enough and get those laws changed. Those are superpowers, and they may be too much for uh, any one group of people to be quite honest, uh, if, unless those people are a government. And even then, with a government, it's like, ah, case-by-case case basis. We are so fun at parties. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we do yeah, like we, lemonade, though. We, yeah, lemonade is tasty, but lemonade's in general, great. fun is for the birds. Yeah, put a gobble. It's just, it. just nihilism and misery for me, please. Uh, and science. Well, folks, now we are going to outsource huh, the rest of our show to you. What do you think about outsourcing? Do you have the answer? Because uh, we'll, we'll put it on air. Uh, have you been personally affected by this tactic in a negative or a positive way? Because, again, not everyone is an opponent of it. Who should bear the responsibility? This is one of the most important questions to me, right? So uh, a lot of companies use outsourcing as a way to purposely turn a blind eye two things like forced labor. And they can say, hey, we outsourced this. Our job is just to pay them X and they deliver Y on a quarterly basis, right? And we visited the factory once and everything seemed fine and dandy, right? But why, like, how uh, legitimate is that argument? Who should bear the responsibility for those abuses? And should the U.S. take 
substantive steps to bring those domestic industries back from decline? Or is this all just kind of how the sausage gets made? Is this just a function of global progress? We don't know. Mm, Sausage. Yeah, let us know. Excuse me. (laughs) Yeah, it's about lunchtime over here. Uh, So we're going to call it. Guys, just really quickly, you got to go on food court with Richard Blaze, I don't know, years ago to talk about bacon versus sausage. It's true. Uh, And I just got to go on there yesterday and record an episode that I don't know when it's coming out, but. I had so much fun, and we basically talked about you guys the whole time. No, oh, are you keeping yes. in the dark we, as to what you were defending? Or yeah, I guess you better since uh, uh, I, I can't say. Yeah. Okay, all right. I like by, that. I like by it. the laws of food court. Yes, I'm, I'm familiar. Okay. <laughs> These are serious, serious laws. Yeah, uh, but Rich, yeah, what a fun show, and yeah. what a cool guy with excellent hair. He's such a nice person too. He's fun to hang out with. Uh, but yeah, you can check out Food Court. I can't wait to hear your episode, Matt. Um, while people actually, I'm going to bug you about this off air. See if we get a lot get get around those pesky food court laws, right? Well, we're just we're just talking behind the curtain. Uh, but in the meantime, if you're online, if you have answers to these questions or questions of your own, we'd love to hear from you. We try to be easy to find on the internet. That's right. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter at the handle Conspiracy Stuff on Instagram or Conspiracy Stuff Show. Uh, but you can also, you know, throw the, the social media to the winds and, and, and find us elsewhere. We have a telephone number where you can reach us. Yes, our number is one eight three three stdwytk Give it a call. Tell me about your character on Diablo Immortal because that just came out and you know I'm playing it. Or, or tell me because <laughs> I, I get in the voicemail too. After your like <laughs> fifth fully leveled up Elden Ring character, you, you need something else to occupy your time, I suppose. Absolutely. Yes. Call. It's not just me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to imply it's just me. I just want to personally hear about your Diablo well, you Immortal run point character. On uh, You're on point. That's what uh, we want to establish. That be aware there's a non-zero chance uh, that Matt Frederick may call you back. The abyss call, can call back. You're not in abyss. I, I just love that Nietzsche quote. But yeah, yeah, eh, kind of. We listen to I the voice really kinda am. We we uh, we check on the socials. Uh, we've got some exciting stuff coming out. Uh, some of which we can tell you about. Uh, and uh, we read every email we get. If there is something you want to tell us that needs a deeper dive, then um, a post on you know the Instagrams of the world or something that needs some links, some photographs. Etc. We can't wait to hear it. Take us to the edge of the rabbit hole and we'll do our best to find where it ends. We read every single email we get. All you have to do is shoot us a line where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. 
With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.